enough. But today I'd like to share with you what I hope is a little bit of encouragement. A little bit of encouragement on the value of relationships. As we, as we look at the church, as we look at gathering together this morning, those relationships, the connection we have with other people is so crucial. The world, the world we live in, wouldn't it love to just give us the impression that we're isolated? Wouldn't the world love to give us the impression that we're kind of on an island all by ourselves, without others around us? You know, the, the concept of an island is not a bad thing, right, Wendy? The, the, the island itself is not a bad thing. In fact, being alone is not how we were designed. We were designed to be into relationships. There's a story out there from a, a lady. She's a registered nurse in a hospice unit of a large hospital. And in that role, she had the opportunity over her nearly 18 years to really get to know some people in the last few moments of their life. The most common concern that these patients had in these final moments, a regret that they had, was that they had not formed deep relationships with others. That they had not opened up their hearts to others, nor had they shared their hearts with others. Right? That was a common regret that those that were facing their final moments had. I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you today in this life, where you are in this moment right now. You can't do it alone. You can't do this life alone. God designed us. I believe God designed us to be in relationship. I believe God designed us in such a way that we desire the relationship with others. God desired a relationship with you, right? God lived in the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God designed us to likewise live in that relationships. Relationships matter in life. You're going to hear me say that a few times in this message. Relationships matter in life, and relationships matter here. They matter at Rimrock Church, so much so that our purpose statement, the statement that you see on our website, the statement you see in many of our printed materials, and I hope the statement you see lived out in our life is that we are a community a community being transformed by Jesus Christ. Community has at its core relationships, does it not? We see value in relationships here. When you walked in, you may have seen this catalog. It's called the Stay Connected Fall 2019 for Rimrock Church. This is available. As you walk out, grab one of these. This lays out a little bit about what's going on here opportunities for you to connect first and foremost with our Heavenly Father, but secondly, to connect with others. There's a ton of opportunities out there that we have within our church to connect. Relationships matter. That's why we do this. That's why we put an emphasis in our purpose statement on a community. We believe that. And I believe the, the Apostle Paul also believed 
the value of community. You think about Paul's ministry on this earth. Did he ever, did he ever go out on his own to minister? I suspect he had some quiet time. But Paul went out and he ministered with others. He ministered with Barnabas. He ministered with Timothy. We're going to talk about a section of scripture today where Paul was ministering with a team. He was with others. He was allowing others to pour into him as he poured into them. We're going to be taking a look today at the book of 2 Corinthians, beginning with chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. And we're going to see in here at least one reason why relationships matter. All right? Verse 3 says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in our troubles so that we, get this, so that we can comfort others. And when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. And I believe here Paul first he first appropriately recognizes God, our merciful Father, your merciful Father, as our ultimate source of comfort. He is the one that comforts us in our troubles, in our hard times, in our afflictions. God comforts us. Why does he do that? Why does our merciful Father give us that comfort? Is it just so we can be comfortable? Is that the purpose of it? I don't believe so. Verse 4 tells us exactly why God comforts us. So that we can comfort others with the same comfort that we have received from God. It is an outward focus. It is not a focus on me. When I'm walking through tough times and I receive that comfort from God, it's not just to make me comfortable. It's so that I can use that same comfort as I comfort others in their challenging time. That assumes, that outward focus presumes that we're in relationship with others. Paul knew a thing or two about troubles, didn't he? Paul was beaten, he was whipped. He was imprisoned multiple times, and he faced death time and time again. I suspect you may know something about troubles. I suspect you may know something about afflictions. We all do. We've all gone through those challenging times. And tell me it isn't sweet to have others around you to share in that comfort, to comfort them and you can trust in the fact that they will comfort you, those that you are in relationship with. Paul knew tough times. He says here in verse 8, We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed. We were overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. Scripture's not clear on exactly what these troubles were. And we don't need to spend a lot of time in trying to figure that out. What we can take from this, though, 
taking the scripture at face value, these troubles were bad. These troubles that they were going through, Paul uses the words, they were crushed. They were overwhelmed. They even, they even despaired of life. Maybe that's where you've been. Paul and his team, get that, his team, were in a tough spot. But they knew and they had experienced the mercy of God as he comforted them. And as they received that comfort, what do you think they did? They comforted others. They comforted those that they were in relationship with. You know, this world that we live in has a tendency to encourage us to be self-sufficient, doesn't it? Encourages us that I can do it alone. I'm strong. I can figure out this world. I'm pretty smart. I can figure out this world. I can get through these tough times by working a little bit harder. I can get through these tough times by pulling myself off my bootstraps and just being a better person. And, and, and know today, we need others. First and foremost, the lie of the enemy that encourages us to be self-sufficient is just that. That is a lie. First and foremost, we need God. We need our Heavenly Father in our life, and we need others. And with this, I'm not encouraging you that you have to be some type of social butterfly. Have your calendar full to the brim with, with social interactions. That's not what I'm saying. In fact, at times, solitude, being alone is a very healthy thing. Jesus did that. When the chaos of ministry got to him, what did Jesus do? He got away to a quiet place. That's a good thing. But Paul recognized as a general lifestyle and that it's so important for us to also recognize that we have to have others in our life. Relationships matter. First and foremost, it's a living, it's a breathing, it's a growing relationship with God. Hannah sung about that this morning, our faithful God. This is the single most important relationship in our life. A relationship that defines and a relationship that clarifies all other relationships in our life. And this most important relationship encourages us to be open to the relationships that he brings into our life. Relationships to celebrate the joys of life with. Relationships to grow in our walks with Christ with. Relationships to grieve in our times of loss with. So that's going to happen. And relationships to simply enjoy life with. Do you believe that? Do you believe in the value of relationships? Solomon in the book of Proverbs also talked about relationships. The wisest man in the world says here in Proverbs 17, 17, says a friend... A friend is always loyal, and a brother, and, and I'm going to add this to it, I'm not going to just flippantly add to Scripture, or a sister, okay? It's not just limited to men. A brother or a sister is born to help in a time of need. A loyal friend 
one that is there to help in a time of need. This is the type of relationship we all need. A friend that is loyal and there for us when things aren't maybe going so well. Wendy and I are so blessed to have a few friends that live this out in our life. Many of you know about 11 years ago, I had a UTV accident. A UTV is a large ATV, and that's why today I still walk with a limp. That's why I kind of took the long way up here today. Stairs are not my friend. All right? That's why I still walk with a limp. We lived on a hill just west of Rimrock Church, west of Johnson Siding, and uh, a hill that overlooks Rapid Creek. And on Mother's Day, great way to celebrate Mother's Day. Sorry, again, sweetheart. I backed our UTV over the cliff. And in that process, I began to tumble and roll, and, and I fell about 100 feet onto jagged rocks. In that process, I fractured my spine in the L1, L2 area, which, which for those of you that are not orthopedic experts, that's kind of a lower back area. And in that process, I pinched and bruised my spinal cord. With that, I, was, I had no feeling below my waist. I couldn't move my legs. I felt like I had fallen in a large hole, and all that was up was my upper body. In that process... I was paralyzed. Soon the EMTs got there and uh, began a process of trying to figure out the best way to get me off the hill. But before that process had even started, before that, they began a process trying to figure out how to lower me off this hill, my sweet daughter began calling those, those friends in our life that we had poured into and that had poured into us, she began calling them. She began calling family. Her words were this, please pray for my dad. He just had an accident. And those friends began to rally. Those friends showed up. Those friends met us, met my family where they were. Those friends met us at the, at the emergency room. Eventually, I was, I was transported to the ER at Rapsi Regional Hospital, and uh, after a variety of tests, x-rays, CAT scans, you name it, the surgeon finally had a plan, and he came in to tell me what he planned to do. But as he finished up his discussion with me, he wrapped it up by saying, guess what? You'll probably never walk again. You will probably never walk again. Those words were not easy to hear. Those words were pretty tough to hear. But from a few moments after my accident to when I, was, when I heard these words through the time of surgery and the recovery, these friends showed how truly loyal they are and how they were there for us in our time of need. These, these friends prayed over me and walked next to the gurney as I was wheeled off the surgical room. These friends sat with and, and prayed with my wife as she waited to hear from the surgeon on what his, 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 the results were going to be. 
These friends spoke to truth to me when I was in a very, very dark place of depression, wondering what my life would look like, wondering if I could ever play soccer with my boys in the front yard again, wondering if I'd ever walk my daughter down the aisle someday when she got married. These friends showed up and hung out with me, and at times we didn't even share a word. Just their presence was so welcoming. These friends made our house accessible so I could return home to my family in a wheelchair. These friends showered my family with their love, their help, their support. We are so abundantly grateful for these relationships. But this isn't a story about me. This is a story about the body functioning the way the body is designed to function. We could walk around this room today and you, so many of you could share stories on the value of relationships in your life. How you have been abundantly blessed by others. Maybe it's the kind word. Maybe it's the text message when you needed to hear from somebody Maybe it's the, the hug around your shoulder as you needed some human touch. Maybe it's the meal that they delivered to your home after you got home from surgery. Relationships in life matter. We're part here. We're part of a community. This particular community is called the body of Christ. And if you have placed your faith in the cleansing work of what Jesus did on the Christ, you are a part of that community. The body of Christ is the church. It's you. It's me. It's a sweet thing. Ephesians tells us a little bit about what Christ's role is within the body. Ephesians 4, beginning with verse 15, says, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes, get this, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is what? The whole body is growing. The whole body is full of love. That's Jesus' deal. That's not ours. Our role here is recognizing that we are part of a body and to recognize that it's through a deep dependence upon God's work in our life to animate what he desires for us as our role in this body? What is it that God is calling you to do to help? What is that special work that you bring to the body? Because every single one of you does bring that special work and a true dependence upon God and Jesus' work to lead, to strengthen, and to guide the body. That's a body functioning perfectly in this life, you're part of that. You're part of that. You matter to this body. 
I've experienced the fact that you can't live this life alone. And guess what? You don't have to. You don't have to live this life alone. You're part of a community right here. I encourage you, allow Jesus. Allow Jesus, the one who makes the whole body fit together, what, perfectly? Perfectly to guide you to open your heart to deepening your relationship with others. It's being open. It's about praying, God, bring those into my life that I can pour into, that can pour into me, that we can be in relationship with. If you've got that, awesome. Appreciate that. If you don't, allow the Holy Spirit to work. All he needs is this, that desire on your part to be open to others in your life and then step back and realize and trust him to do his work. Having a few people that you can call on as friends in your life is such a blessing. When the waves of life come crashing in on us, when the waves, not if, when, because you know what's going to happen. We need others to lock arms with, to hold us up, to encourage us, and to keep our feet planted strong in God's word. We all need, we all need those relationships that are going to encourage us in our walk with Jesus. We have a lot of companions around us. We have a lot of people around us. Maybe we've got friends on Facebook that we swap stories with and maybe share our best pictures with because we wouldn't want to share the negative stuff, would we? We just share the best on social media. Are those the friends that you're depending upon? Maybe some of them, but I suspect not all. A true friend is one that you've invested in and that's invested back into you. A true friend shows up and you show up for them. A true friend takes the time to get to know you and wants to know you. A true friend is at a different level. A true friend is one that will speak truth into you regardless of how it may hurt. A true friend for you is one that you're able to speak truth into without the fear of it just simply harming the relationship. That's a true friend. And I recognize opening up with others comes with risk. It comes with the potential for pain. Maybe you've done that before. I suspect we all have, where a friendship kind of turns south. That hurts. That hurts. And as a result of that hurt, we don't want to be hurt again. So we kind of turn our back on friends. We kind of turn our back on the concept because guess what? If I don't develop that relationship, I won't be hurt if that relationship crumbles. But I promise you, I promise you, I've lived this out, the investment that you make in opening up yourself, the investment that you make to open up and be transparent with others. It takes time, but it is so worth it. It produces amazing benefits. It produces friends that show up in your time of need. It produces friends that are loyal to you. 
true friend loves us completely, right where we are. Not a friend that just loves our stuff. Loves the fact that maybe we're the cool person to hang out with. That's not a true friend. Sorry, it's not. A true friend recognizes that we will fail in life. A true friend is not one that expects us to be perfect. A true friend is quick to forgive, not one that quickly runs when we've messed up. A true friend points us back to God's unconditional love for us, not one that puts an additional weight of performance on our shoulders. Relationships matter. They matter in this life. Hannah, if you guys want to come back up as I close here. Because God loved us first, because we have the love of our Heavenly Father that overflows our cup, we're able to love others. And loving others is that first step towards growing deeper in our relationships. Jesus calls us to live out this extraordinary life on this earth with him. And I believe part of that extraordinary life, John 10.10 calls it the abundant life, part of that abundant life is living it out with others, in community with others. Every Sunday morning, we meet in rows, right? It's an awesome time of, of praise worship. It's an awesome time of coming into the presence of others and coming into the presence of Christ. We're able to study the word. We meet in rows. Relationships grow in circles. And what I mean by that, as the large group gets small, that's when relationships grow. There is a value in small groups. Rimrock places a value on small groups. In this Stay Connected catalog, there's a number of small groups in there. I encourage you, if you're connected there, appreciate that. I think you can speak out to the value of living life in community with others. If you're not, if you're not, I encourage you, pray about that. Father, I desire others in my life. I desire to live in community. I believe you desire that same thing. Father, God, open my heart. Bring others into my life. And I encourage you, follow his lead. Be obedient to his calling. Seek out and, and look for others that you can go deeper with. That you know and that they know you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for relationships. We thank you first and foremost, Father God, that you have called us into a relationship with you. Why? Because you desired that. Thank you, Father God, that you desire us. Thank you that, you, that we matter to you. May you, Father God, open up our hearts also to living in community with others. We know full well that the storms of life will come. We know that you are working through the good through those times. I pray that we have others that we can lock arms with, Father, to help us, to lift us up, to encourage us 
in those times. We love you, Father. We just thank you for your awesome love for us. Amen. As uh, 